Yo, welcome to the podcast. This is episode two. Kia ora, hello and welcome to episode two of Te Ruru Podcast. Uh, today, got my first guest on the show. Um, it's actually pretty good getting one of the boys to do it because I feel a little bit more comfortable about it. We're both uh, sweating nuts over here, <laughs> but I'm joined with Daniel Kirkpatrick or DK. Hey, mate. Imprompt. How's it going, my mate? <laughs> um, so, yeah, like uh, doing this first episode... Um, like with a, with video, so if you're listening, you can also tune into YouTube. I'll chuck some links up there later on. Uh, but we're just trialling around with it, and yeah, so we'll see how it goes. Um, we're both both new to this whole thing. So um, DK Daniel, um, tell us your story, bro. Tell the people where you're from, uh, what you get up to. Um, so I was actually born in uh, Paiatua. It's actually quite a, a small country town, just out of Masterton. Um, yeah, mum and dad were obviously moving around a little bit, and we ended up sort of basing ourselves in Hawke's Bay. Um, and then from there, sort of got into footy, and I had a huge passion for it. And um, yeah, I was lucky enough after school to get a contract down in Wellington. Um, initially though, went down there for uni and... What did you study? I was doing marketing. I attempted to do marketing. Oh, Took up one paper to start. At Vic? Yeah. yeah. Oh. And then just footy obviously took off quite uh, straight away and made the Lions in my first year down there and and then also like the New Zealand under 19s, under 20s and it just became hard to keep up the study, juggling the both. I probably... <laughs> wasn't probably strict enough to do the both at the same time and uh-huh. yeah after that been in footy ever since and sort of career's just about coming to an end probably hopefully I've still got a few more years in me but sure. here we are now pretty Did, um, have you had any thought of actually going back and finishing study um probably not eh, to be fair I I have done a PT course obviously yeah. um which I needed to to set up the gym and run classes and it was obviously also a passion of mine so yeah I have done that study but I didn't obviously do the marketing yeah, yeah. like I started. So for those of you um, who aren't watching on YouTube and just listening via podcast or Spotify or SoundCloud we're actually in DK's gym uh, it's called The Hit Crew. Uh, the Hit Crew Auckland is it on Instagram? Yeah, yeah, the Hit Crew Auckland on Insta. Yeah, so um, we'll touch on that sort of thing later on, I guess. Um, but I mean, when you left school, Sky Blue, Napier Men's, uh, there's there's quite a few young fellows or people all your age that um, went on to be quite successful. Some some notable mentions in there. Um, how was that with? Oh, so give, me, give me some of them, I guess. Give me some of the names that, that went on to do pretty good at rugby. Um, yeah, so out of Napier Boys at the time, um, Zach Guilford, he was probably one of my best mates growing up. Um, we went right through schooling together. Obviously went on to play for the All Blacks. Um, another Hawke's Bay lad who's also gone on to play for the All Blacks was uh, Izzy Dagg, um, someone we had some great battles with at Lindisfarne and then obviously linked up through the Hawke's Bay under 18s and under 16s 
we played secondary schools together. So, uh, yeah, some. How was it um, with you leaving Hawke's Bay and going down to, to Wellington and those boys staying with Hawke's Bay? Did, like, was there any chat of you? Like, I know I was down for study and that sort of thing, but was there any chat of Hawke's Bay looking to hold on to you at that point? Yeah, definitely. Hawke's Bay, were, they asked me initially if I wanted to stay. Um, and like I said, the pool at the, at the start, the, the pool to go down to Wellington initially was for uni. Um, and it happened to be in that first year I was down there, I made the Lions at the same time, so it was sort of, I guess, a bonus for yeah. the rugby. Oh. Oh. Yeah. And then what super rugby teams all going on for that next level of NPC rugby? Um, where else is that sort of taking you, super rugby um, abroad? Yeah, so with super rugby I was lucky enough to make the Hurricanes as well, two years after being in Wellington, so two years after playing for the Lions. and. Did um, my first season there, I think it was 2009, 2010. Um, one season with the Canes, then got drafted up to the Blues, one season with the Blues, and then come back to the Hurricanes, two more seasons, and then um, you know, my last season was probably, it was actually the start of a, a young Bowdoin Barrett who um, who come through and sort of, in that year I got like all game time. Oh, true. And, uh, <laughs> what year was that? That was uh, 2011, 2012. So it was, oh, yeah. yeah, and then after that, I decided to go over to France, where I spent five years. Um, um, I spent four years in France in Cast, sorry, which was in the top fourteen, um, and then I did my last year at Albi in a secondary club, and then we decided to come home, and yeah, ended up back in Wellington, and then got a call up to the Blues through some injury, and then been in Auckland ever since. Oh, unreal. And what year did you win the, the French Championship thing? Uh, we won that our first year over there, so it was like 2012-2013 season. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. was, yeah, it was pretty unreal. Eh? The fans, the French fans, are eh, they love rugby more than I think fans here, and they're just crazy about the game. Eh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so I guess one of the main reasons why... I wanted to get DK on the show. Uh, obviously, being a mate, it's just a lot more comfortable trying this out. So that's one thing. Also, I guess when I was throwing this idea around of a podcast, because um, me and DK sort of throw ideas around, um, what would you call it, growth, I guess, like personal growth, whether it's business or just individual personal growth, and threw this idea around. and. Um, he was one that was backing it and and told me to yeah, do it, I guess. And by me saying it to someone, it sort of held me accountable to shit. I've really let someone know about it, so I've got to do it. Um, so, yeah, that's one sort of reason why I wanted DK on the show. And also just because his past, I guess, with, with all your rugby, I mean, you've gone through so many years of professional rugby, I'm sure there was heaps of ups and heaps of downs, and maybe we'll elaborate on some of that. I don't know, up to you, but um, and also onto the the transition of, like you said, um, rugby careers. It's always going to expire professionally for somebody, and not saying that it's like it's going to happen anytime soon. But you're definitely thinking about life after rugby, and um, this gym's just one example of it. Uh, I guess if before we even touch on about the transition or the transition that you're doing at the moment, are there any any sort of highs 
and your rugby career to date, I guess, or lows or anything like that? Um, I think nah, the first under-19s and under-20 World Cup wins were quite special. We, um, you know, we, had, we played the very last under-19s. Um, after that year, they cut it. What did it go? 20, oh, just went 20s. to 20s. And then the year after that, we played the first 20s, which was, um, yeah, we won both of them. And we had, we probably had a lot of guys who have gone on to be All Blacks or gone on to play international rugby in other countries as we speak at the moment. So, you know, we definitely had a really good team. Um, that was probably one of the, you know, my first highlights. Um, and then obviously playing my first Mitre 10 Cup game for Wellington. Um, as an 18 year old I was really, you know, I wasn't expecting it and it was, you know, it was, yeah, it was a big moment, I was stoked to do that. Um, and then, yeah, just progressing I guess, playing uh, first Hurricanes game, just those first against? games, it was against the Waratahs. Um, was that against, was Hangers in there? Who's Hangers? <gasps> Damn. Who? Oh, no, no, never mind. Dan Halangahu? Yeah, yeah. He was. He was, yeah, yeah. I, I think, think I remember yeah. yarning about that at some point. Pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, oh, um, <laughs> Yeah, and we lost that. Um, but, yeah, those, those experiences, those are probably things that I remember the most. Um, mm. And some of the lows, just injuries, I guess. What sort of injuries did you have? Uh, when I was in France, I had a, I got a pinched nerve in my neck, um, which kept me out for nearly six months but the worst thing about it was we just we didn't know what was causing it um, the doctors couldn't give me like a diagnosis of how long it was going to take to heal it was just uh, basically I had a paralyzed arm that couldn't even lift like a two kg dumbbell and sure. yeah so that was I think those injuries definitely mentally can pull you down and I'd probably say that that's probably what got me to where I am today, yeah, with this gym. Um, you know, just thinking, I've had enough. Obviously, last two years, I sort of got another neck injury while I was at the Blues. Yeah. I got that bulged disc. And I think that had repercussions of bringing back memories of that injury in France. And it's like, fuck, I, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, how long my body's going to hold up. So it got me definitely thinking, fuck, I need to set something up. So. Yeah, that's probably got what got me to this the hit crew in the gym. True. I don't even know that. Oh, yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess while you're on that topic uh, with your gym and everything like that, you also, like, when you're trying to set yourself up for life after footy, you're, you're looking at other avenues as well? Do you still, like, whether yeah. it's... You know, yeah, still looking at ways how I can try and invest there. I just, obviously, I like chatting to you because you're sort of in that mindset and growth as well and you know just like trying to see how I can invest obviously because yeah. setting ourselves up for the future is you know it's important to me and setting my family up so you know, it's something I enjoy as well just how to how to invest um, and it's obviously a bit of a, a thrill I find so there's risk involved yeah hard. Um, <laughs> yeah I'm a bit of a uh, <laughs> What I, did, I hooked you up with some uh, a company eight to yeah. invest in it. Oh yeah. Oh, is that Ryman shares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. We're not promoting anything. <laughs> <laughs> but nah. Oh, I mean, um, yeah. I guess this whole podcast we're just going to be yarning. Um, we don't want to. We've got some points I want to sort of hit throughout it, but uh, I guess it's just important for us to just feel comfortable and just 
yarn and talk about anything and everything. Um, no real time, lim- time limit of where we're going at. So um, I guess when we're on the rugby rugby talk right now and you're talking about highlights and that, surely last year comes up there. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, I sort of. I think I won a championship with um, Hawke's Bay when they were in the second I was in the, champ- against yeah, in the championship against Manawatu. In Palmy. Um, yeah, it was in Palmy. Yeah, was and that? Um, was, who was, was Mark and Crude and it was, it was a big battle there. Um, our coach was... Was it Peter um, Russell on yep. TC? Was TC there? I think so, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was both of them, so... Yeah, so... That was another highlight and then, yeah, obviously winning last year. Um, pretty gutted though, I didn't get on the field. <laughs> it was guttering how well. Yeah, yeah, Alamo yeah, yeah, after yeah. the game, he like he wanted to make a special mention of yeah. it. I was like, mate, you didn't put me on. <laughs> Fucking don't tell the whole world. <laughs> oh, oh no, all good. Um, good memories back then. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't replicate it this year, though. Um, I don't know. We just didn't really click till the last few rounds of the of the season, eh? Like leading in, probably after we got smoked by Tassie. Yeah. And then I, I felt that like things change from that week on. There's just so much more energy and um, like drive towards just actually. It was like a you know, fuck it, whatever's done's done. Like we lose one more game, we're out, sort of thing. And obviously we didn't get the whole thing done. Um, fell short semi final again against Tasman, but that was a hell of a game. But what do you reckon like on our season? Um, yeah, like you said, we sort of, like, there was definitely patches where we showed some, you know, like, glimpses of last year, like, fuck, we, we can still, you know, we can, yeah. we fucking got all this flair and that, and then there was, unfortunately, patches where we sort of, were not so good, which was, mm. you know, those, and those moments just keep coming through until, you know, I go back to that Tasman game when we got beaten by 40 points. I think the short week probably didn't help as well. Like when we switched it around for that semi-final, we just had that extra, yeah, that yeah, full true, seven, true. seven to eight days, which gave us just that extra bit of time to yeah. get clear on what we wanted to do. And mm. What do you reckon about your form? Um, well, I obviously got limited game time, which was, yeah. you know, it's, as a player you want to be on the field, but to be fair, I was actually really happy with the way I went. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah I, th- I thought you um, showed some... Yeah, a little bit of glimpses of the old days. Bro, straight up, I was like, um, like every, yeah, like you said, like, fuck all opportunity um, with the minutes that you got, but I think, like, your form, like, every minute that you did get, you didn't, it didn't look like you were, I don't know, you know when you get so many minutes. still felt quite sharp, like, even though I hadn't been playing much, which was... And like when you get limited minutes, you always like, or not always, but sometimes you try to like try to impress to get that thing next to get the start next week or something like that. Yeah. And um, didn't look like you were hunting for that, and it was actually like clinical airs, like hersing, yeah, goal kicking's hersing. Yeah, I think it was all, quite I, all I needed to do was be on the field the same time as you, and then I might have got a go, got a goal kick because oh. old, old mates, uh, old dad's legs. Hey, I can't hit them over fifty anymore. <laughs> uh, that's what you're for, bro. Yeah, hard. but um, oh. What about you, bro? How was your form this year? Nah, it was um pretty average, I think. It was just it was hard to hard for me to get going. Not sure why. Oh, I do I think I have some reasons why, but um, I was happy with how it ended. I uh, that's sort of the main thing, like results and all that aside. It, you always put so much pressure on yourself, I guess, to 
to perform and um, do the best for the team and do the best for, I guess, yourself for the time that you put in training. And by the end of the season, I think um, I found myself a little bit more in our game. And um, yeah, the last few games, I just I felt happy when I walked off, um, knowing that I'd actually had a good jam. And probably earlier on in the season, um, I came off feeling sweared, maybe like oh, like just unfinished, like you know you know those yeah, games, yeah. eh? Yeah. And then yeah, and that's when that whole sort of mental side of it comes in, and how you can kick on and um, put all that past you. And I guess like we yarned about this one time. That's probably the next point I was going to go on to was um, I guess the, the bad side or negative side to playing professional footy is criticism criticism yeah criticism mm. um, by not so much the media I guess they sort of target like the team in general if you're doing poor but just by just by individual fuckwits <laughs> uh, we've talked about this before and um, yeah uh, it's hard to not want to reply or yeah. to bite back I guess that can be the hardest mm. thing that's the thing that everyone says um, ignore it or don't look at it and that sort of thing and yeah like, I think the worst thing is when your family's telling like that they're, they're getting affected by it yeah yeah 100% so um, I remember even back in the day a few years ago now my mum used to always you know she used to message me and or ring me up and be like you know you see what that person wrote you see what this person wrote and you like you just see that it's affecting her so yeah. it's you know yeah it fucks me off because eh? you you think like um yeah, what makes you so big that you can pipe up and talk shit about somebody like it's not like well, I don't know maybe you work in IT or something like that and fuck how well are you at your job do you are you like top I don't know what is it 10% or some shit in the country and the world at your job nah so shut up like I'm not <laughs> gonna pipe up every time but that's just little people I guess and um I guess it's hard too because we're always taught it comes with the job yeah so. Which is pretty bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like how, yeah. Is it like, it's, you look at some of the NRL at the moment and um, Latrell Mitchell, see some of the shit that people post to him. It's just like, fuck, straight up. Yeah. Fans, yeah. Um, but I guess one thing that sort of helped me in that sort of space was we both listened to a guy that I always pump out, and I probably will pump out every opportunity I get on the podcast, is Gary V. Um, once again, if you don't know who he is, <laughs> go listen to him. Uh, he one thing that I got from him, that I think, helped or helped uh, with that sort of side of it was he talks about not hearing the noise, and everyone like sort of gets what that means, like especially if you play sport, like not getting too involved in your own head or getting ahead of yourself, something like that. But he talks about people. If you're going to be affected, or if you're going to be willing to take on the praise, then you have to be willing to take on the the criticism. So one thing he smashes at the moment is just not hearing the noise. Um, if people are going to give him thanks and praise him, like oh, thank you sort of thing, but he don't go searching for it. Um, so it might be like play a good game or something and you're used to searching for those negative comments and you might play a good game and then yes oh hopefully there's some good ones out there um, this week sort of thing so that's actually one thing that's sort of helping me in that space is do you reckon um, you're, you're there no 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 way oh. there's one thing probably i could say that like now i'm sort of 
that I'm at that stage now where like if I play bad, yeah. if I play good, you know, you don't really. Maybe it's just because I'm older and I, yeah, I know yeah. that I've got, you know, backup. I guess yeah. if things don't work out, but mm-hmm. when you're still chasing that contract, you know, for uh, those next few years, there's that pressure, and you always, I guess, go to external to have a look sometimes too. But yeah, it's random. It's yeah. random what it does. Um, yeah. But that's one thing I'm trying to do is not hear the not hear the praise or not go searching for the praise if it's there. Thank you, be gracious and all that. Yeah. Um, but then it sort of flips yourself. It keeps you in check to yourself to not worry about negative things as well or go looking for it, and it's just going to make you more upset. Um, what else? While we're on the rugby, got uh, our awards dinner tonight for Auckland rugby. Just our last little wrap up. We had a good week last week with the lads, uh, management, that sort of thing, and we're just wrapping it up this week with a awards dinner just for the for the boys, for the management, and for our partners. Pretty much, just the opportunity for them to dress up. Uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, I am actually. Um, obviously, the last week I couldn't spend as much time with the lads yeah. as I would have liked. What did you do? Just. Saturday? Um, yeah, I did, Saturday night. I did Saturday night, Sunday I piked. Um, we had our eight week challenge starting on the Monday and I had to do body scans on that Sunday and then be up at 5.30 on the Monday, so I was... Uh, fair enough, fair yeah, enough, mate. Sort of, it was a tough so, decision. So you're going to um, kick on tonight then, make up I, for it? <laughs> mate, i got work tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> it's the business, mate, it's really taken over my life to be fair. Good um, though? Yeah, definitely, for the good. Do you reckon, um, you know how they always say, like, get your life outside of rugby sorted and it helps you on the field sort of thing? I guess if you talk about that with this gym and how whether or not that correlated in either way or throughout your whole experience, like for, I guess all this is for people that are like younger footy players and that coming up, do you think? maybe five years ago like or whatever your life might have been sorted or it wasn't sorted outside of rugby and how did that correlate with performance do you reckon? Um, like right now probably I think having stuff sorted outside of rugby has helped my footy. Um, I've found that although I've been really busy and my like as soon as rugby's over you know I, I got a lot of work to yeah. do which yeah, true, true. that sort of stuff's weighed me down a little bit but mm-hmm. then as I correlate to the performance and that it's sort of it's been really refreshing because then when I go out back to the rugby um you know I just feel like I want to jump straight back yeah. in and I can't wait to you know sort of make every count every chance sorry count on the field and and training in that so I definitely find the balance is done me probably the world of good especially because I can be like a overthinker I guess and when it comes to rugby like we were talking about before you always you know you're scrutinized and you're from the public and whatever and that just comes with the territory but you know you can sort of I could overthink and you know mm. just, just having that balance I found it's just been it's definitely helped me I think this year and yeah we always want to to like think of I guess, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Were you, throughout your rugby career, did you always have a sort of mindset of like side hustling and that sort of thing, or was it just strictly footy? Do you think your mindset's like completely different to what it was, I guess? 
back when you started? I think when I started, like, like I say, I wanted to go down to Wellington for uni, so I sort of always had that thing of trying to get something in mm. the in the background. But then the side hustling thing probably, like, I think as I went through the rugby sort of system and all those, the PD, yeah. you know, I know sometimes the boys don't like the PD, but... It's fine, um, Oh, I think it's awesome, eh? especially, like you get those the investing sort yeah. of stuff like like because you're obviously making good money yeah yeah um and sometimes you can be a 18 or 20 year old you know making good money and just having it like obviously the younger you start mm. the better you can set yourself up and you know if i go back I, I wish i'd started earlier like in that sort of in investing and where do you think your mindset shifted like or why um like it doesn't have to be about just money and that sort of thing but just I don't know your outlook I don't know it's, I guess just probably people that I played with who I sort of looked up to sort of or I seen them doing it like I, I remember when I was in Wellington sort of Tamari Allison was a guy who was you know seemed to be really clued on outside of rugby and it was yeah. uh, it's like just you know, probably at the time, like just looking up to him, but not like dabbing in it myself. Yeah. Which, yeah. if I go back, I wish I'd sort of, you know, just asked like, a few questions. Yeah, asked a way more questions. So if I'd, yeah. if I go back bit, and relive it, sort of. Those sort of people mean it, and I, I guess you're probably that person now for some of the younger boys in our team and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know if they come up and ask you about stuff like that, but. I reckon that's mean why we can like have a medium like this where we can uh, just portray or put out information and they actually like some of the boys they like so the odd away trip would um, be reading books and stuff and then did you notice that more of the boys started picking up books and like when we're waiting in, like in the airports and stuff like that yeah definitely um, yeah even I could go back to the investing. I'm seeing some of the young boys looking at buying houses, which yeah. I think is pretty awesome, eh? Hard. You know, I think if you go back, back ten years ago when I first came out, there was, there was talk about it, but yeah. no one was probably mm. following through. But yeah, yeah, I think those sort of people are important in, in rugby environments because, like, especially as if you're young, I guess that's why I sort of asked you what your mindset was from when you were young to. Um, you gradually going throughout your years and that is because I came in I think I was I was like 23 I think when I 23 I think when I made the blues maybe nah I can't be 24 what are you now 26 26 yeah so I think maybe Otago I was 23 when I sort of first came into playing some good rugby and um, going after contracts and stuff like that. And so I was really in, the, I wasn't, you know, straight out of school, 18, 19, 20, that sort of thing. And um, have all this, I guess, money coming in and not knowing what to do with it already. Not saying that I've sussed it now, uh, but uh, yeah, I couldn't really waste my money like that when, when I was down south living in unreal flats. <laughs> um, rats running around plants going through the walls. I used to love away trips because we'd be in hotels. <laughs> and I remember one time, I think we were in Tauranga, and um, on the flat chat, there's a video, and our bathroom ceiling had fallen in on the toilet and everything, and I was like, oh, I don't want to go back. And wow, scummy ass floor was, um, the carpet was like crusty, 
our vacuum was a, a broom. So I'd ask for the vacuum, like, I don't know how often, maybe once every couple of weeks. And I'd chuck the vacuum down the hallway and <laughs> out would come this $3 broom and someone would throw it out. Um, so, yeah, I, that was mean, though. Good times, though. Yeah, that was mean. Just uh, That was probably the best best time of my life where I think I found myself. That's why I was asking about you. We, if you had a moment where you sort of changed the way you were thinking of things and... Mm. That's probably something when I went through it and that was all, I guess my mindset shifted then because I read one book, The Secret. You read it, eh? Yep. You read it? Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Life-changing, but, eh? Yeah, bro. But it's mean though, eh? Like, literally, when like people say, oh, book can change your life sort of thing like that, I think that literally changed the way I thought about everything. And now when I go back into we call like a fixed mindset or something like that where um, yeah I guess everyone should know pretty much what a fixed mindset is it's just when you're not willing to willing to grow or look elsewhere whenever I feel myself slipping back into that I always even just think back to that book and um, it sort of shifts thinking straight away yeah. yeah that was probably a book that changed me too changed my thinking because I was like real just real hard on myself you yeah. know I in what in like a rugby term yeah in a rugby term yeah I had a goal and I was you know I thought I was going to get there and just if I didn't get there you know I was like yeah just you know real hard on myself and as soon as I read that book it just made me sort of appreciate what I'd done a bit more as well so and then yeah everything that you have at the same time hard just gratitude pretty much all it all it talks about is gratitude law of attraction eh? and it's actually mean like when you actually start thinking like that it's just all it is is thinking positive and shit it actually does wonders for your mental health yeah I think Um, so as well you just just feel like like, I haven't listened to podcasts the last couple of days actually pretty much just because our end of year functions and all that sort of thing I wasn't really in that mindset and I was actually feeling a little bit shit and then I knew I had to get this planned and for the last couple of days I was like forcing myself to flip back on a vlog or um, listen to podcasts and that sort of thing and it's crazy how much like that sort of positivity um, can affect your mindset and make you actually feel so much better like I feel I feel like I was me again because um, I was sort of just going through the motions of eating bad uh, Piss up! Like it was great. It was great. It was good time. Good time with the lads and all that. Like, yeah, it's got to be done, I guess. But um, yeah, it's good to it's good to be back in the mindset of where I'm looking forward, rather than um, yeah, not thinking too much at all. Yeah. Uh, what else, Jay? We've we've still got to talk about uh, hit crew, yeah, things like that. But um, anything else? What are you What are you into? What What inspires DK? Um, oh, I just love growth. I love trying to trying to better myself. I guess I always, like I said, I was really hard on myself because I'd always sort of set goals and try and you know I, I like the fact that I or like the challenge of trying to like set a goal and then try and achieve it. Yeah, it's something that I've sort of I don't know I had in me since I was young. And um, did you play Ross Shield? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Rochelle was Napier. Napier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you win it your year? No, nah, we lost to uh, Hastings East. I think they won it. Oh, no. 
for the Israel Day player of the tournament. He's playing number eight for number East eight. and East. Yeah. Did you play? Yeah, we won it in, I think, 05? With? Napier. Right. I think it was, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 05. For about two guys' tournaments? Uh, ours was in Hastings, so it wasn't that far to travel. I think I, where ours was in Dannyburg. But same sort of thing, eh? Like, reason to bring that up is you're talking about setting goals and chasing them, and um, from what I'm hearing, you've always had that. Your mindset now, of if you don't completely accomplish it, might have changed, but you've always had that drive of chasing it. Do you reckon that's just a, just a standard fundamental from playing sport as a kid and what it, what it does for you? Yeah, I think probably part of it was from my parents as well. They probably drove it. Um, at the like growing up, my old man's been a competitive sheriff. Yeah, that's right. And What's his name again? Uh, John Kirkpatrick. He's um and last or oh, two years ago, he was the world champ. So he was sort of someone who I trained with, and you know, he just probably drove me. I guess. Yeah. Did you ever get into it? Yeah, I tried to. It was probably it was too hard, really, to be fair. Sore back. <laughs> Holy heck, sore back, sore hamstrings. Oh, yeah. I can say I did my 100. Oh, um, true. Is that like a. Oh, like usually like with sharers, you sort of you have your milestones of how yeah, many yeah. you can do, and like first there's your first 100, then your. Um, then 200, 300, whatever you can get up to. What's the uh, most your old man's done? Uh, what do they call it? Just like in a session or something? Yeah, also like their days, they usually either do an eight hour day or a nine hour day. And so an eight hour day is four blocks of two hours. Yeah. Um, and then a nine hour day is one block of two hours, then four blocks of hour and 45 minutes. How long does it take you to do a handy? Oh, like I did it within the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so like, so whatever, say if you do 500 in a day or either eight hours or nine hours. Yeah. I think the most, I think the old man's done 700 on lambs, which is, yeah. So does he do it for, like, obviously competitive, but does he do it as a job as well? Just yeah. a sharer? Yeah, yeah I've just been a sharer ever since, you know, it was like 16, I think. Sure. And then got into the competitions. Um, do they call it golden shares? Oh, the golden shares is like the, the, New Zealand, the pinnacle oh, of the okay. New Zealand sharing. And he's, yeah, he won that, I don't know, three or four times, sort of. True. And then he's been to the World Champs a few times, and but he comes second, and um, yeah, I think it was two years ago, he won it over in Scotland, I believe, or Ireland, somewhere over there, but. Oh, yeah. And he's sort of, he's coming to the end though, and he's got his own run, and yeah, he's, I, I guess growing up though, he was a big inspiration to me, and just probably pushed me to probably train and get where I am today, so. Yeah. Mate. Yeah. Was he, did he um, like, when you say like push you and stuff, was that like willingly or was that like a little bit like for get out, you know, a little bit handy? No, nah, to, to be fair, it was like, oh, we were real competitive. So like when we were living in Napier, Tamatea, we had like a 3k run block that we'd do. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just like, we're just competitions, I guess. It was always Siblings? like, yeah, I got two younger sisters. Oh, yeah. And they're one's still in the bay, and my other sister's sort of in between the bay and Auckland. So, so what, running what around the block against your old man? Yeah, <laughs> we like, oh, just little competitions like that. Yeah. Um, I think I still hold the record. We had a time that was, someone would, you know, knock someone else off. <laughs> Show yeah. me this block, bro. <laughs> 3K. 3K, what'd you what do it in? I think it was like 10 minutes, 
You must have been young. A minute, 10 minutes, 45 or How something. Old? Like, like, kid. Oh, like 15. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like 15, 16. Did you used to do running? Yeah, yeah I, did, I did. At high school? Um, 400, 800. I was like Smothers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hated those runs. Yeah, I used to just, used to have your one time at leading the lap, and then that was me, I'd drop off after that. Yeah. Out on Southfield? Yeah. Yeah, I hated that. Yeah. (laughs) Mr. Smith. Um, Oh, man. Uh, What else? So, talked about rugby, talked about some good times that we've had, um, debuting, getting the opportunity to travel around the world. What's it like? With your a young family travelling, like, uh, um, how, yeah. yeah, when we went over there, it was just me and my partner, my son, he'd come over. Um, oh, it, it's definitely tough on your family because when you go overseas, as a as you're working day in day out, they're sort of at home, and my wife couldn't work while we we're over there, so she, you know, she struggled a little bit with that because you yeah. have to get a working visa, which um, you know she couldn't get. Um, but we were lucky probably that we had lots of foreigners where we were in cast. Yeah. We had an awesome crew, um, you know, and that just made it feel like home, I guess. But I, I think, you know, a lot of people do struggle with the the distance being so far away. Mm, true. And then the language barrier also. You got to, if, if you don't indulge in it, then it's, yeah, it definitely makes your stay probably a little bit harder. What do you mean? Like if you don't sort of... If you don't make effort to oh, learn, okay. the, learn the language, learn the culture... Because heaps of them don't actually speak English, eh? like they choose not to. Yeah, like, they, they can be quite stubborn sometimes, the people. Like, yeah, yeah. It depends, I guess, where you are as well. But, um, you know, if you make effort, then they just, then they warm up to you and you know, they treat you, you know. We, we were lucky, we had some really good, even French friends who were, you know, had a good, um, our neighbour who used to just look after us all the time. And, That's yeah, it's awesome making those connections, I guess. Even I had a, a golf buddy, um, when I was over there, everybody taught me. He was like not my, my coach. Golf, eh? He's not. He's my coach. So, uh, have you got out much lately for a help? I haven't been out since I started up this business. Oh, this true. Is, that's right. been out surfing much. <laughs> so the first time paddling. First time uh, took DK out to Piha. I'm not great at surfing myself either. Yesterday was the first either. time I went out. Um, Yesterday was the first time I went out, and I spent about 50 minutes just getting smashed. Um, but yeah, took DK out, said, yeah, hurry up, I've got a board, uh, only, only go out for an hour or so, because you have to be back or something, eh? Yeah. And then um, <laughs> it was like low tide, easy as, about 20 metres to we're out back, started walking in, and then shit knows what was going on, I think the tide was coming in or something, and it took me about 40 minutes to get out, just to sit there, watch the sunset. <laughs> And our old mate was just swirling around and around, uh, almost drowning, and <laughs> stayed out back for a little bit. And I thought, fuck, is he still here? But no, we would get back to the car and was waiting. <laughs> mate, I just got over a bit of paddling, eh? That's hard, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah I was getting smoked yesterday. I, I don't think I've been out since that time, to be fair. <laughs> we'll go somewhere. We'll go East Coast or something, get a longboard, and hopefully cruise here. We'll head up Mars. He doesn't use his board anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, mean. All right. So, transitioning after rugby, bro, or I guess, like, have you? Is this what you're gonna do? Do you think like you're in the transition now of building something for life after footy, life during footy at the moment, and life after footy? Like, I guess, tell us about the hit crew first. What is it? How did it start? Where is it? 
plug it? How much freebies? <laughs> uh, the Hit Crew. Um, so this was my... Um, I, first of all, when I was looking at starting up a gym, I was actually trying to get into the F45 business. Um, some people might know the F45. It's a, it's a circuit type of functional movement training. Um, don't, don't plug them too. No, I'm not plugging them too. <laughs> don't plug but anyway, too anyway, I sort of... It all fell through, and you know my next best thing was to make up my own thing, which was you know really scary to be fair, um, and a lot more work. That was probably the main thing. I remember when I was making the decision, I was like, "Fuck you know, I'm gonna have to do all the programming myself. Um, I gotta do like I gotta find either someone to do the marketing. There's just so much stuff, so much more that I knew that." Um, was you know I would have had to do if I went this way which and someone told me they're like you know if you go that way it'll be um, it'll be much more rewarding and so you know I took up the challenge I guess um, so we started up the hit crew I think back in May end of May um, so hit stands for high intensity interval training so we are like circuit based um, so we have cardio sessions, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, um, Saturdays, a bit more of like a test yourself, and then strength days on Tuesdays and Thursdays. A mix of boxing, um, probably where that boxing come from is growing up, I did quite a lot of kickboxing as training, and um, you know, just... Scraps. Hey? Like, do you have any fights, like actual... Nah, see, so the, um, the, the guy, our trainer at the time, um, he, he, was, he wanted me to try and to fight, and it was it was too risky, I guess, in terms of um, my rugby career. I was like, you know, if, if I get injured, then I won't be playing on Saturday. So, yeah, I, I still train with the fighters and train with them, but never actually fought. Um, so, yeah, anyway, that was the... So I added in boxing. Um, and then some of the CrossFit machines, I guess, like the salt bike, um, ski erg, the rowers, you know, we brought that in and just tried to make it like a real, I guess a mix of functional plus exercise plus um, exercise machines plus the boxing and yeah, we've been now operating for five months. Um, we just finished our first eight week challenge five weeks ago, we just started our next one last week. Um, yeah, it's slowly growing, we're, the big thing that I'm really want us to be about is that community thing um, and that's probably you know, I think that's the most rewarding thing about it is um, you know you see after classes people want to hang around people want to talk um, you know even myself I've met new people made new friends people who I probably would have never associated with um, if I hadn't done this so yeah we're brand new East Auckland we're based um, 53 Elizabeth Knox place uh, right next to Stonefields. Um, come check us out. We are, at the moment, we have our memberships, which are $35 for six months, um, or that's a week, or we have our $40 membership, which is unlimited. Um, you just give a two-week notice to cancel. Oh, yeah. so. what, um, what, do you th oh, what has been the biggest challenge getting this sorted, and what is... I guess at the moment, the most rewarding thing about it? Um, so probably initially the start was, you know, because I was really trying to, 
Um, initially, when I first started this, actually, I broke my jaw, which sort of, which helped, to be honest. Um, I'd just been caught into the Blues, two weeks been caught in, I broke my jaw, uh, which sort of definitely just put me out of being in contention, uh, but also at the same time gave me a whole lot of free time, so that helped with the setup. Um, once I got all that, probably the biggest thing or the hardest thing for me has been the marketing. Yeah. Um, you know, putting myself out there was first of all. You know, you know what that's like when uh, you just. You just, know, yeah. It's just fuck. You, you just got to the point where it's like fuck it. Like it's yeah. just if people are gonna judge you, that's that whole fucking tall poppy syndrome thing. Exactly. Like, sort of. Yeah. That was obviously scary. You know, because yeah. I sort of. You know, I can be a little bit shy. I guess sometimes so I don't really like to put my voice out there or, or opinionate, be opinionated. So. Yeah, that was probably one hard thing, and then after that, the marketing. I've really found the marketing. I just, you know, trying to do it myself. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm always just trying to learn, and I come to you quite a lot. You're quite good in the, on the lappy, um, and yeah, just giving me ideas, telling me what I need to do. Um, yeah, I'd have no clue. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be driving you down the wrong way. Uh, but um, most of my missus is like, oh, who's making you do those posts all like that? Uh, <laughs> no, way uh, um, nah, that's me. So, and then yeah, like I said, like I said earlier, the rewarding part is just um, like just seeing people, probably seeing their um, seeing the changes that they make as well. You know, yeah. you get people who come into the gym who can't even do a box jump, and then you know after three weeks they're doing a box jump and then another few weeks after that they're jumping even higher and it's all about those I think those small wins that you see people get um, which you know that's that's what we're, we're here to try and make people to help people to improve um, in all ways possible improve their health improve their mental you know, side of things um, yeah oh, mate. So, um, might be a bit invasive but there's a whole lot of kit here, um, like broad as like speaking, like how much, like for anyone out there that's looking at starting a gym or something like that, like if you're willing to share, like not like exact dollars and stuff like that, but like how much does it sort of cost to actually get a gym going? I mean, you got to full on like kit it out, this place is pretty, is it, there's heaps of photos online and stuff showing all the equipment and yeah, things like that. Yeah, a lot of it's on the, um, the website and even on Instagram, um, but yeah probably, like I say, we, we have gone, I don't, I don't know if you'd say extreme or not, but you know there's like TVs, heart rate monitor system. You haven't gone heart fast, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, so that's, yeah, that's good. I always got told you either you yeah, do yeah. it full in or you don't do it at all. So. Yeah. Um, like I would say we would have spent like between 100 150k just on like the setup. Um, that's scary, yeah, is it? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, was it or was it? Is it getting better? It's getting better, but yeah, it was. Yeah. You know, it was like I remember yeah. talking to you about that. I'm like, fuck. When you know that you just you chucked all that money in, you're like, fuck. Is it even gonna work? Is people even gonna come? Is it gonna grow? You know, you have all those questions, and then you just. You know, again, you just got to have that faith, that positive mindset, and then you obviously got to work. You got to figure out how how you get people in, how you can, you know, get get people to want to come. Yeah, so. you'd have to. Worry. You got that much skin in the game, <laughs> <laughs> um, mate. Uh, what else, bro? 
Ask me something. What do you want? Um, how, how have you been finding the podcast? Um, like, like I said in my first one, I was, I was battling the idea for a while. I mean, I'd mentioned it to you a few weeks before I, I did that episode. And um, like I was keen, and like I said, I enjoy... I, I guess like you, I enjoy having a goal and, and the journey of it um, and just going to see what happens. And once I actually got that out, like, it was an unreal response. Like, so many positive messages, uh, whether they're like just likes or comments or DMs, um, text messages. Like, it was actually crazy. I was like, um, like I said, I don't want to go looking for the praise you know like if it comes mm. and sort of thing and it, like a little bit there actually was I was like oh this is actually mean like oh how many people have liked that and then I was sort of like get back to get back to that mindset of well, what, how you're actually thinking or actually sort of setting yourself up for failure a little bit um, thinking like that and that's if that's where you're going to get your your hype and your happiness from so uh, but yeah I got so many like positive messages and heaps of people actually People that I didn't think of it, think would do it, um, message and ask how to start podcasts themselves and um, vlogging and that sort of thing. And yeah. uh, a couple of boys that I that I said, or well, that I shared how I got it started, whether it's the right way or wrong way, um, shared the way that I did it. I uh, see that they're actually starting one. Um, I was like seeing the gear and the starting to record and things like that. And it's mean. It's not anything out of my pocket. Like. Mm. Um, like it's just yeah, the more people that the more people that are comfortable enough in their own skin and just get happy about it, like that's that's um, yeah, that's all sort of after. And like I said, I I just want to put myself out there and uh, makes me feel like I'm accomplishing something. I'm driving for something else other than just footy. And yeah. um, I love chasing little things. Like I've had that many little startups that. Um, I guess failed in a way or well, I don't really fail they just stopped and I'd learnt stuff from it but I always chased things like that and yeah I thought it was about time to get another one up and try on this video thing I don't even know if the camera's still going now <laughs> it's a black screen so yeah it might be just half of it um, but no it's good hey, what was your last year at uh, Napier Boys or when was Bro, last was year was 2011. I repeated second year seven. Repeated. Hell, back. I was uh, one of those younger kids. Oh, yeah, so yeah. the the whole reason was to try and make hurricane schools because um, I didn't make it the year before, and then yeah, repeated and it was it was a good season. Napier boys. Uh, so were you there? 2006, I think would have been mine. Well, you 2007. I my was two thousand and six. Oh, so you would have yeah, been yeah, yeah, my last yeah. year. I think I remember a play, bro. Did you? Might have been against Palmy or something like that. You either chipped it for Zach. Oh, well, we like, so from many a chips back in yeah, the day, back oh, in bro, school, something. Because um, he was playing twelve, and like, yeah, no, that I was think our go-to. Yeah, like, I think it was. And that. then, as you see now in the years, but he he ended up doing that with like Dad yeah, Carter, bro, and that yeah, just yeah. like he was. But yeah, no, so I did second year seven try and make hurricanes. Um, we went to top four for school, came third. Uh, actually co-captain that year with 
Zach's cousin, Levi yeah. Guilford. Yeah. And uh, yeah, didn't even get a trial for hurricanes. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent the whole year back at school for, yeah. Uh, um, but um, uh, I look back on it like, like it just showed, it shows me how much I've always wanted it, I guess, if I'm willing to, to go back and enjoy another whole year of school where I wasn't didn't enjoy it too much other than like, PE, I guess, you know, <laughs> I didn't really apply myself that well, but um, yeah, I knew what I sort of wanted, and even though I didn't get it then, I'm grateful for where we're at now. Yeah. But um, yeah, what was the question? You go back to the Bay much, bro? Uh, nah, not a lot, um, just over holidays, that sort of thing. I should get back a little bit more than I do. Uh, Mum so, comes so up every now and then, though, so to watch a game of footy comes up. Who's the better also. halfback? Jono or Michael? Yeah, so for those that you, those of you that don't know, so I've got a brother, older brother. Um, he's also a halfback, and he was in Perth, played for Western Force, and then went to the Rebels for the last couple of years, and now he's over in uh, living in Brits, playing for Bayonne in France for a few years, so for him and his family. Um, better halfback, I don't know. Different, he's, different yeah. styles? Or? Oh, I actually haven't seen him. Nah, he's actually pretty much the same. Um, what, so he hates a run? He hates a run. Like passes yeah. the ball. <laughs> 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 nah, he's actually going pretty good. Um, yeah, it's just, I guess, cause he went overseas because he couldn't really get an opportunity here or couldn't yeah, get an opportunity. So, it's, I don't know, is it different to judge... Yeah. Like people that are overseas and then seeing how they'd fit in in New Zealand rugby and that sort of thing. Uh, but I think he's making the cash, so you know, <laughs> uh, fly us over for a holiday or something like that. But um, yeah, anything That's else, fair. bro? I um, guess. Oh, you? Nah. No, one, one thing that I want to ask is um, what's. Oh, a couple of things, I guess. What's next for you for rugby? What's next for you for outside of rugby? Um, and oh no, get those ones through first yeah for rugby I think like I said the way that I finished this might have 10 and like my body was I found it really good and held up really well um, hopefully I can do another few seasons obviously I'd like to stay um, locally if I can yeah um, that's the idea but you know we'll see what happens um, and then even like I've sort of already got an eye to the future of trying to get into the coaching sort of side of things. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just another way for me to try and give back. And, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, it's obviously I love the game and I've been in it ever since I left school. So it's, you know, some some something that I want to continue to do if I can. Yeah. And then the gym as well. It's, um, you know, like I said, we've been open now five, coming up six months. Um you know, it's been building nicely. I'm happy where it's at at the moment. Um, but yeah, these next sort of two months, I just really want to put as much energy as I can into this gym and smash it out for summer. Yeah, everyone wants that summer body, so <laughs> come on down, <laughs> come um, check us out, mate. And final thing, um, give me some advice, bro. You're your wise dog. Uh, I feel like we sort of think similar and that sort of thing. Or give me, or give someone else advice whether it's rugby or outside of rugby or whatever bro um oh this is put me on the spot 
I don't know. I think you, you know, like you said, there's, it's a lot of it has been um, persistent. I think. Um, yeah, you know, I've seen a lot of people come through. Probably, if you look at their years between six, we're talking rugby here, sixteen yeah. or twenty, you probably would have thought, oh, you know, that guy's maybe not going to go that far, and just they stick it out. And you know they get that one opportunity when they're 21, 22, whenever it is, yeah. and then they take it, and all of a sudden, you know, their their rises can be that fast. So, I think just whatever, um, whatever sort of goal or whatever you have, like you got to be persistent with it. Um, you know, I think, yeah. If I look back, I probably, I maybe had it all, you know, quite easy. Yeah. I was in sort of. You know, I trained hard with it, but then there was a time when it did get a little bit hard, and then I was like, Fuck, you know, I'm going to go overseas, whereas I, maybe if I'd stuck around, you know, it could have things could have been different. Yeah. So that's probably, it's definitely not a regret, but, you know, I just know that, you know, seeing other people who are really persistent at chasing what they wanted, you know, and then, boom, you take that opportunity. Man. That's all. That's <laughs> Chat. Oh, look at us. We're almost at an hour, bro. We're sketching about, what, six or ten minutes? Yeah. Um, but nah, that's all good, eh? How do you reckon it went? <laughs> Mate, I was pretty, to be fair, I was fucking sweating at the start. Yeah. Um, yeah, as it, as it went on, I sort of started to feel a little bit more comfortable. But right. being vulnerable, it's... Um, Hundred, <laughs> all good. All Sweet. right, uh, check it out. Um, yeah, so everyone out there, thanks for listening in to episode two of Tedudu Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, like, share it. Please subscribe, just so I can um, get some metrics on it and and see where I should be putting my energy. Um, have a look at the YouTube channel. It will probably just be under my name, Jonathan Rudu. So check that out. I'll post it all up anyway. But until next time, thank you guys for listening in. And wherever, wherever you are out there in the world, hope you have a good day. Ciao.